0: So you keep keep your place there in Philippians chapter 3. And it's so good to be able to um, just preach. I'm going to keep this as succinct as possible tonight because I want this to be something that you can remember. In fact, almost that you can preach to me. I don't know if anyone noticed that this reading that John O just read out for us was the reading from last week as well. Um, And so a little bit of a recap of the, uh, the message from last week. So you'll see up here on the screen. I've got uh, it's it's reset. So last Sunday and tonight uh, we're going to press the reset button. All right. I think it's a great opportunity at the beginning of the year to press the reset button on my relationship with Jesus. You know, like um, using cooking terms, when it all boils down, what's really important for me to keep in my relationship with Jesus, and what are some things that I can just leave in 2022 or 2020 or whatever. Um, And so last weekend, we looked at the F words. Remember the F words? I taught you guys some F words. Probably not a nice thing to do at church, but focus, forgetting, forgetting. forward Forward and Final. final or finish, the finish line. Like what's the point of being a Christian is relationship with Jesus forever in heaven. Right? That's the finish. That's the finish line. He's gonna make all things new. Jesus is gonna push a massive big reset button on the day he returns, and heaven and earth will pass away. All right, but but not everything will pass away. His word will last forever, and those who have faith in Jesus will last forever. So these these three pictures, so you see these stained glass windows, broken pieces of your past. The devil likes to throw those things at you to hurt you, but God, your father that you've turned to through Jesus picks them up and uses them to make something beautiful. We call it a testimony. All right? So Julie is going to share a testimony next week or the week after or something like that. You might have stood up in front of people before and shared your testimony. Just a story of your life and where God stepped in. Now, you don't have to talk about how you were like, you know, a big druggo or whatever, like you shot yourself up with peanut butter or, you know, however bad you were. But that, that moment where God stepped into your life and and he took those broken pieces and said, you know what, I don't want to throw them away. I want to use them for my glory. So I want you to have that past, so to speak, but I'm going to redeem that past for my glory. The next picture is the, um, the windscreen of your car with the rearview mirror. How hard would it be if you drove your car from church home tonight and you had to look through, like the windscreen and the rearview interior mirror swapped jobs. Like the windscreen was looking... The mirror now looking back that way, and you had to look through the little tiny thing to go forwards. How hard would that be? Well, th- the point is that we sometimes we look back at all the things that we've done, or the things maybe our achievements, and maybe our failures. But it's more important to look forward to see where, to see what God is doing in your life, and to look forward to the day that Jesus comes back. Um, and so God's got your past, God's got your, your your future, and the last little picture there is the I am, and that's that's God calling Himself I am um, in in Revelation. Um, he talks about how he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, all right? The almighty one. And that he is, he is present. He, I, I, he's the God who is, who was and who is to come. He's present in our todays. And so it's really important to reset that button and remember that God is with us this year, wherever we go through. All right, next slide, please, Josh. Uh, Tim, whoever it is, Josh. All right, reset. Now tonight, I want to look at this particular passage here. All right, And there's one point to this sermon, one point, one really, really important thing that you and I really need to have to get through life, to get through today, to get through tomorrow, to get through 2023, to get through retirement, to get through your last breath. One thing is necessary and one thing only, knowing Christ. That's it. When it all boils down to it, your relationship with God and mine depends on knowing Christ for it to truly last. Paul writes in Philippians 3 verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worth less because of what Christ has done. What things is he talking about? all of his credentials, all of his achievements. Now, we're not going to go into great detail, but basically his achievements were some things that he actually did himself, but also some things that he was born into. So he was born into the Jewish race, like he was born an Israelite, but also, but other things he really worked hard towards. And, that, and he wanted his relationship with God, or he based his relationship with God on those things. He was so zealous for God. In fact, he writes that I persecuted Christians. I was so zealous for God, so passionate about my relationship with God that I persecuted Christians, put them to death. Like that's some passion. It's misguided, but it's some passion, right? I think that's what's missing in church these days. Passion. I know what's missing in my life when it comes to following Jesus. Sometimes I can look around at the world around me and kind of go, oh, I might just Tone it down a bit, but no. God's looking for someone with some passion. In fact, I think that's why He chose Paul to be, uh, Saul to be Paul, because He wanted to take that which Paul was using, Saul was using for evil, and turn it into something good. But, but Saul was so passionate. He persecuted Christians. All those credentials, all those accomplishments, all those good things that he did, he considers them worthless because of what Christ has done. Then he goes on to say, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of what? Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want you to notice there that he doesn't say it's worthless in comparison to knowing about Christ Jesus, my Lord, or to learning the teaching of Christ Jesus, my Lord or reading the Bible of Christ Jesus, my Lord, or going to the church of Christ Jesus, my Lord, or believing that God exists of Christ Jesus, my Lord. The really important phrase that Paul uses here is knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing God is fundamentally the most important thing that you and I will ever do. Knowing him, knowing him, not knowing about him, but knowing him personally. And Paul says here, the number one thing is knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. Did you know in the Old Testament, it's really important to know God? And it's also in the New Testament too. Abraham had no Bible. Moses had no Bible. And I would use those two men, Moses and Abraham, as, as the epitome of what it means to have a close walk with God, right? That's not because Moses and Abraham were awesome guys. That's because God in his love and mercy decided to reveal himself to those men for a particular purpose to redeem not just his people, Israel, but the entire world, right? But the point is, knowing God personally was really important. Hosea one of the prophets in Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 he writes oh that we might know the lord let us press on to know him he will respond to us let us press on to know him see these are these are like this is in the old testament you would think that they just wanted to obey him but no they really wanted to know him right and paul says i want to know him too in fact, everything else is useless and worthless in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to ask you the question, do you know him? Do you know him tonight? Do you know Jesus? I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. But it's important that, we, but I, that I preach this because I, I, God's laid it really on my heart to share this. Because when Paul says, I know him, I want to know it's an, it's an infinite value. You can't measure it. Everything else can't measure up to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not obeying Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing him. And he calls him Christ Jesus, my Lord. My Lord. I remember when Tim was little. Sorry, Tim. I used to take him to um, to daycare because, you know, we were in the ministry up in Gympie. And I was working a couple of days a week. So it gave me a couple of extra days to be The home dad, right? The house dad, whatever you call it, right? Daddy daycare. And so we would often go get milkshakes and all that sort of thing. But then I would get the opportunity to take him to his kindy, right? And his kindy's name was My Kindy. It was connected to a church and the kindy was called My Kindy. And so I would say to Tim, Tim, I'm about to take you. Let's let's get ready. Got your bag packed. I've packed your lunch. Now let's go to My Kindy. And he would say, no, dad, it's my kindy. And I would say, yeah, I know it's your kindy, but it's my kindy. And it, we, we would have this conversation all the way in the car pretty much towards the kindy. Now he knows what it was, that it was called my kindy, and, and I was just being annoying. But the point is, he recognized it not as everyone's kindy to go to, but that was his kindy right? His personal kindy. And, and Jesus should be that for you and me. Your Lord, your King, your boss. You see, Paul grew up in a family where everyone kind of followed God as uh, Israelites, but he came to a point where he went, Jesus is my Lord. I wonder if you guys have done, I oh, don't know, young people in the room. And you might have grown up in a family, gone to Sunday school, learned about God, learned about Jesus. You could probably quote more Bible verses than I ever could in different languages, but it's more important not to grow up in church, but to grow up in a relationship knowing Jesus as your Lord, your Lord, your ruler, your King. Jesus prayed a prayer. Speaking of Jesus, awesome prayer. If ever you're having a bad day, look up John 17. The whole chapter is a prayer. That Jesus prayed. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for himself. He prayed for um, others. He prayed for the world. He prayed for you and I, actually, like in the future, those who would believe their message, the disciples' message. He prayed for us. And I want you to turn there, if you can, with me to John chapter 17. We'll just read the first few um, verses I don't have it up on the screen for you tonight. You're going to have to do your own work. Sorry. Yeah. It's hard work, isn't it? Looking, reading, reading your Bible. <laughs> All right. I've got an English standard version. Sorry if it's a bit different to yours. It's probably the same. I don't know. John 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven, right? And said, this is his prayer, right? Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give him eternal life, uh, sorry, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Verse three, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. How important is it to know God? It's eternal life. This is eternal life, to know God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. This is eternal life. To know God. It's really important to know Jesus. A personal relationship, like an intimate personal relationship with Jesus, is super, super important. It doesn't matter how much you know, it matters who you know. That's basically what it boils down to. And if you know the right person, Jesus, he will show you how much you need to know. Jesus said to his disciples, in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me. There needs to be that connection, that intimate connection. Um, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open them with me um, to Matthew 7, 21. And as you're turning to Matthew seven I'll remind you again, the point for tonight's message is, Knowing Christ. <laughs> Matthew 7, 21. Jesus is speaking and he says difficult words. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who Does. Everyone say does. The one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? I think that's really, really cool that they're doing that. I mean, if I had a demon, I hope one of you guys would be able to cast it out of me. I hope I don't have one. I don't think I do. But if I did, like I, I would call that the will of God—that you know, you, God would want you to do that or try at least. That's pretty cool. To prophesy in His name—that means to speak on behalf of the Lord, to 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 speak forth or to 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 speak in advance of, or to 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 preach what has already been spoken of by God to reiterate that to prophesy in your name that's it that's i would call that the will of God and do many mighty works in your name like whenever we do anything as a church we should do it in the name of Jesus in his name for his for his glory for his reputation in this in this area they all sound like good things to me but Jesus says to them you know on that day these people will say this lord lord Did we not do this, this and this and that? And in verse 23, he says, And then will I declare to them, what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What? They've been working really good things, surely. Casting out demons from people, prophesying, telling people about God, miraculous stuff. Like, that's all good things. That feel good that's feel-good stuff. They're not killing anyone or, or hurting anybody or offending people. They might have been offending people, I don't know, prophesying. Sometimes you, get, you can offend someone prophesying. But they're all good things, right? But Jesus says to them that they're workers of lawlessness. Why? Because they don't know. He, he never knew them. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you, he says. Depart from me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so they were out of a relationship with Jesus. It's more important to be in relationship with God. But I want to ask you a question. What's more important than knowing Jesus? What? Him knowing you. Way more important. Him knowing you. Jesus says to them, depart from me. I never knew you. It's an intimate relationship. The words that Jesus is using here, or that that Matthew is quoting as Jesus using here, when he says, I never knew you, the word knew is actually really, really intimate. It's a close personal connection. It's actually really, really close personal connection. Mums and dads would understand what this means. In Luke chapter 1, We have Mary, she's a virgin, and the angel says to Mary, You're going to have a baby. And Mary says to the angel, How can this be? I've never, I never knew a man. That's that same word that Jesus says here. It's apart from me, I never knew you. It's that intimacy. It's almost like being born again is way more important if we're going to use that kind of analogy of, of knowing. Do you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm talking about? That there's a new life from the knowing in the physical and in the spiritual. Jesus says, depart from our never knew you. right? you. Um, How will this be? Mary says, yep. Yeah. So we can, um, we can get to know him. We can get to know him more and more. Paul says it's really, really important to know him. In fact... He says, for this, I I have discarded everything else. For for his sake, for Christ's sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Now, I'm not sure what your Bible might say. The New Living Translation says that, and it uses a word garbage. Now, you might have a different word in your Bible. I know in this ESV, it has the word rubbish. Um, He says, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Check out that word in different versions as much as you possibly can. That word rubbish. It's the only time you'll see it in the New Testament. And it's my favorite word in the Bible. Because it's naughty. (laughs) No, not because it's naughty. But because it means so much about anything other than Christ and knowing him, right? So Paul uses this word, the Greek word is skubalon, all right? And it actually, it's uh, I'm so glad there's no Greek people in the room because they would be like, oh, we're in church and he's just, what? It's actually really offensive. Now, you might think that it's, um, it's actually really offensive. And I know there's kids in the room and I'm not going to say the word anyway, but if I said that word in church, I'd probably get sacked. I'm not talking about poo. I'm talking about a word that describes poo in an offensive way. Does that make sense? So, like, so Paul said. Thank you so much for nodding and saying yes, because I don't have to explain it anymore. for For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as scubalon. All right. Now it's two, two words in Greek, and he kind of uses these two words to describe it. And it is ku'un, which is dog, and balo, which is castings. All right. I have a shovel in it this afternoon. Okay? What did I do with it when I finished? When I shoveled it, what did I do with it? I put it in the bin. Why? Because it's it's finished. There's no use for it anymore. Right? Now, in and of itself, what is that stuff? It is, it is, it's, it's the, it's the it's the remnant of what was used to get me where I am right now. Okay, so we all do it, all right? We all have to eat, all right? My dad says, if you don't eat, you don't, and if you don't, you die. We all have to eat, right? But once you're finished eating, your body gets all those nutrients out and it casts what is not needed anymore, all right? That is just a remnant that, rem- don't look at it, but it reminds us that hey, I've gotten here, I've gotten this far because of that, but it's useless to me right now. And so Paul's saying, he's not saying that the law is bad, he's not saying that the old testament is bad, he's not saying circumcision is bad and everything's evil, right? He's not saying that you know the past, his past is is um is totally useless and evil. He's saying God picks up the broken bits. And he makes them into something new. But he's saying, in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus, it's just like that. It's useless for me. All right? It's 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 all about knowing Christ, he says, um, accounting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. All right? Now, you might have to know Christ and to be found in him. All right? The idea of that is that... You know Christ, and on the day when Jesus Christ comes back to earth and presses the great big reset button on all of creation in the universe, you are in Christ. You actually know Christ. You're you, you're taking the next step into eternal life with Him. There's nothing to fear. Jesus Christ has paid it all. His blood, His blood has paid for all the curses, for all time ever. Right? And once you put your life in His hands and trust Him. With your life and and ask him for forgiveness and a new start. He he envelops you and you are found in him. You know him and you're in him and he's in you. He knows you. I was going to get you guys to write down something, all right? But what I want you to do, everyone got two hands with them, okay? Now I want you to hang on. This. Your left hand, your left hand is the past, right? And your right hand is the future. And I want you to open your palms. What I was gonna get you to do was, I was gonna give you each piece of paper. I was gonna get you to write down your greatest achievement ever, all right? Your greatest achievement. And and then I was gonna get you to write down your most, how did I word it? Your lowest moment, let's just call it that. So think of your greatest achievement and your lowest moment, right? Polls apart, no doubt. Now, I could think maybe one of my greatest achievements was um, making five human beings and keeping them alive. So, Anna, a girl and four boys, right? That could, be, that could be one of yours, maybe. Like your greatest achievement is, you know, recreating some human beings and keeping them alive, right? It, it could be whatever. And your most, your, your, your lowest moment, right? Your worst moment. That's the moment that only you and God know about. All right? Like not even your closest companion knows about it, probably. I don't know. Your worst moment and your greatest achievement. All right? You got them? Your greatest achievement and your worst moment in your hands. Got them in your hands? Now close your hands and hold on to those. All right, hold on to those. Hold on to your greatest achievement and your worst moment. And I want you to imagine that you're just shoveling the dog's things in the backyard and you're putting them in the bin and you're holding on to some in your hands. And you need to put them in the bin too, all right? So I'm gonna open up the bin for you, here it is, and I want you to just try and throw it into the bin on the count of three. <laughs> One, two, three. Nice big throw, did you let go of all of them? What's still in your hand? Who's still holding on to their worst moment? Or their greatest achievement? Okay. Are they both let go? Did you let go of both of them? Good. I know it sounds horrible, but your greatest achievement in comparison to having a relationship with Jesus, knowing Him and being known by Him, is useless. All right? In other words, um, my relationship with my kids is really... They depend on me having a relationship with Jesus so that I can be a better dad. I owe it to Sonia to know Jesus and be found in him so that I can actually treat her like the husband she deserves. Does that make sense? So Christ needs to be first. So I want you all to imagine you're pressing the big reset button on on the screen. This This is an opportunity where you say, this year in 2023, I don't want anything else but to know Jesus Christ. As I'm getting ready to go to work, do I know you're with me? Do I know Jesus Christ? Have I spent time in prayer with him? Have I spent time reading about him? Prayer is really, really important, knowing Christ and being found in him and him knowing you. All right, let's pray. Father, we just stand on the precipice of this year and we thank you that you have it all. In the palm of your hand, you have all of us in the palm of your hand. And we thank you for Jesus. Help us to know, help us to know you, Lord Jesus, more and more. Help us to cast aside the things that don't matter. Help us to evaluate everything else based upon a relationship with you this year. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and help us, God, to trust you each and every moment of the day. And thank you that not only can we know you, but that you know everything about us and you still choose relationship. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.